Welcome to Sometimes There's Side-Eye, a podcast about two friends having real and unfiltered conversations about dogs and people. Listen as we talk about our lives with dogs, training, behavior, share some laughs, and a whole lot of banter. I'm Heather. And I'm Christy. This week, we are going to go back to the reason we started the podcast. So if you listen to our introduction, we talked about how Heather and I were messaging back and forth these really long messages about how we felt about dog training and basically all things dogs. So this week, I'm going to invite you into the Into our brains. (laughs) Christy's head. (laughs) So you can see what Heather has to deal with. (laughs) No, because I think it's really interesting. And this is how this all began. So I will read just exactly what I sent to Heather and her response because it's perfect. I had gone out to lunch with my parents and I sent Heather a message afterwards that said, Saw a Doberman walking today in downtown Chandler. My brother commented, that dog is locked in and hinted what a well-trained dog it was. I said, yeah, she has a pocket full of treats. Then I had so many conflicting feelings. First, I was impressed with the dog's level of engagement. Then I was so happy she was using positive reinforcement to get such great results. I couldn't help but think what a great example she was for positive reinforcement training and how great it was for others to hopefully see. Then I was a little sad that the dog's whole walk was prancing next to the owner and not doing dog things like sniffing or even really looking around. Also, when we let dogs be dogs, no one really thinks what a well-trained dog. And that kind of sucks too. And then my brother said, oh, that makes sense when he realized she was treating the heel. I felt really bummed that people think treats are cheating but not punishment. Although in some circles, I know the opposite is true. I just think that my brother is the average pet owner. I just had so many feelings pile up so quickly. And Heather's response was, holy shit, so much to unpack. I shall be back. And then I never came back. (laughs) And then she said, maybe we should talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, because I think it's a perfect thing to unpack. Okay, let's start. First, I have a question. Yeah, sure. Go. I was going to caveat this by, I was watching from across the street. This was very limited, like no interaction between me and the Mm -hmm. owner. I have no idea what her. You don't know her or yeah, I don't know her. I, maybe she just spent 50 minutes letting the dog sniff. And then this was the last 15 minutes of their walk Mm -hmm. or whatever. I have no idea. These were just all my random thoughts piled into one. So mm-hmm. let's just be clear before people are like, but you don't know. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. But it's kind of the point. Yeah, exactly. It really is kind of the point, which we'll come back to that. But first, I have a question. Did you actually see? How did you know she had a pocket full of treats? The dog was so locked in on her pocket. Uh-huh. And then I saw her hand reach in and feed the dog to that pocket because I was watching to see what why the dog was so locked in and if it was just training or if she had like a choke collar I couldn't see from Mm. across the street so I was talking to my brother but keeping an eye on them (laughs) and and I did see her reach into her pocket and just like make a little C with her hand and and scoop out treats Mm. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was just curious because a lot, it sounds to me like he was in a formal heel. So like a formal mm-hmm. obedience heel. And so I was, that's why I wanted to ask you, 
how did you know that she had treats? Because a lot of people will teach a formal heel where that nose is right up in there. And it could look like it was trained there because there was food. So that's that was my first thing. That was yeah, my I did first see her, yeah. her treat several times, which was made me happy. Like yeah. it did make me happy. She was paying her dog for a job well done. Mm-hmm. And one thing I didn't mention, they also had on their walk with them another, it was two females with two dogs. Oh. So the Doberman was the only one I really focused in on. The the Labradoodle was just doing Labradoodle things. <laughs> doodling away. I mean, it was having a great time as it a was dog, doodling. but it was not locked into any specific thing. If there were butterflies, it was chasing those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was not an ill-behaved dog. Yeah. It wasn't pulling on leash. It was just... It was dogging. It was just dogging. Fully yeah. dogging. Okay. So... Why I say that's the whole point is we make such, and I, I do it myself Mm -hmm. all day long. We make such snap judgments about what we see and we have zero context about what is actually going on. And so it made me think about how someone would see you walking Lucy in a prong collar Mm-hmm. And make a judgment about you mm-hmm. when in reality, and, and they might say to you, oh, a harness would be so much nicer. And you're like, actually, the harness actually. to that dog was aversive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that in my mind, when you wrote this whole thing to me and I read it all, I was like, oh my God, I just ping ponged inside of Christy's brain. But yeah. also all over, I was like, I do this myself all the time. And then I do what you did, which is backtrack and be like, do I actually know? Maybe they were over, maybe they just came back from like a 20 mile hike, or maybe that dog just did scent work for 20 minutes at the other side of the location. And now Mm -hmm. she's working healing, or maybe, you know, there's all these like different maybes that come into my mind. Mm -hmm. And it made me come back to our training episode. Yeah, And how we took the stance of you cannot make assumptions about someone outside of abuse. Abuse is always abuse, right? Yeah. We talked about that. But when it comes to someone's choice for tools and for how they interact with their dog and how mm-hmm. they're asking their dog, like how they're expecting their dog to behave, we cannot make judgments. We right. can't. There's so many times where we can look and we've all done it. You know, I've been out somewhere and Tiago is generally a well-behaved dog at this point. He's, you know, almost seven years old, but could he have an outburst where he has big feelings and just like at somebody 100% that could happen. And then you're the person that's standing there going, he's never like that. He's always perfect. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like one phrase. Every dog owner has said in their life is they've never done that before. They've never done that before. (laughs) And what is that, that podcast we listened to uh, where they said, and there they go. Never, never, never. Like they've never, never, never. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) It's so true. But like, we're on the flip side of it. And we're Mm -hmm. the ones who are like, please don't judge me. Please don't judge me. Please don't judge me. 
please don't judge my dog. And then here we over are going through this whole scenario in our head, running down through all the things. And I just sit back and I'm like, can we all just be? Yeah. Yeah. Like, And I don't think it's wrong to make observations. No. But I also think like you should sit with those observations too, which is what why I sent it all in writing to Heather Mm -hmm. was I had so many feelings Mm -hmm. and they all felt very conflicting to me Mm -hmm. within my own brain. And so then I needed to get them out. And then once I wrote them out, I was like, oh, then I can kind of sit with them a little bit better and like Mm -hmm. really dive down a little bit in each of those areas. And it, believe me, it becomes not at all about that woman and her Doberman. Yeah. It becomes all about myself and my own views on dog training and life and and my experience and how you live with your dog yeah yeah that was the other part of it that I was like I could see your life with Lucy wrapped up in all your observations and your journey yeah yeah you know what I mean absolutely and I had to think too like after I had sent it to you and sat with it for a while I And I couldn't tell if the dog was old or young from where I was standing. But I had to think back when Lucy was young, we didn't do a lot of fun things. Like she couldn't be on a long line because she couldn't make good decisions Mm -hmm. on anything. She wasn't ready. She was, she was restricted to a four foot leash because that's the maximum she could have without making bad decisions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And how kind of sad if you think about where she was towards the end of life, where she could have a 50 foot lead. I own a 50 foot lead. (laughs) And to have such a restricted life to just this wide open life, I can't judge everybody based on where Lucy ended. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's crazy. That's hard though. That took a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, believe me. I am living it right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and it turns out when dogs get older they like are a little less they do less you know yeah yeah shitty things better decisions hopefully yeah Yeah. you know uh I have no idea where I heard it but I heard it somewhere this week and someone either I read it or or it was on a podcast and someone said a well-trained dog is just a happier dog sit with it. No, seriously, because a dog who has a whole lot of skills Mm -hmm. usually does get more freedom. And if you come on, oh, she's making a face at me, everybody. I disagree. I disagree. Because I know so many, not so many, I know a solid amount of people who have well-trained dogs, but not to give them more freedom to control their, their dog. I guess that's how you use it. Their life. Yeah. And that's, yes. Well-trained dogs you use who are allowed freedom. 100%. I think they're. Well, I guess that dogs. was the statement, a well-trained dog. It, it gives them a better life because you, you know, you give them more freedom because. Yeah. But there's which, a lot of owners who don't give that freedom. Yeah. Well, that's training. a whole nother bag. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I did. That's why but, that statement was like, yeah, I don't totally yeah, agree. Fair. Tiago gets so much allowance in his life, just like yeah. Lucy, because, but, but part of, okay. So it's not just 
that the dog behaves, right? Training is so much bigger than that. It's that you have a trust and an understanding and a communication with that dog because when you're training, you're building this relationship. And so you know so much better how a dog is going to respond in a situation and it allows you to have more comfort and more trust in them to then afford them more freedom. Yeah. I yeah. definitely think that's how we yeah. define training. Yeah. The two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And probably but, the people listening to. Probably. Yeah. yeah. And maybe in that situation, you know, I'm just thinking about all the things like for all we know that Doberman six months ago was highly dog reactive and could have never walked in that situation. And now that person is where they are and they just found positive reinforcement. I mean, like there's a million things that could have been happening. I mean, she, she was really smooth with her treat. So she was good. So I'm going to say she didn't just, just who was she? she? Why didn't you stop her and be like, who are you? (laughs) I, I honestly thought about it, but my brother and I were still in a conversation, Uh, but I legitimately was like, it's going to be so weird, but I want to stop her and ask her about her dog and her training and all the things. I will say not necessarily in that situation, but when I am out and I see a team that really just is just doing a great job, I, I am more apt to say, wow, nice job. But then that goes back to the end of your, to part of your thing, because we're rewarding those people for this perfectly trained dog. Mm -hmm. And I feel it when people say it to me with Tiago, they're like, wow, like that's a really well-trained dog, but is he dogging? I mean, I think it depends on the dog because for Tiago running through obedience drills at Home Depot and showing off, he's dogging, man. He loves it. Mm -hmm. He really is just with me and he's having a good time and he loves that shit. But he also gets to just do 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 during his little time at Home Depot too. So I guess really it depends on the individual dog, which goes back to the whole thing. There are times when your dog should be in a heel or should be, I mean, Lucy, I love, I I like the goofy. I like her dogging, but when we went to Home Depot, she was expected not to pull on leash. She was expected yeah. to be yeah. right next to me. And yeah. when I stopped, she was expected to sit and stay there. Mm-hmm. And then when I started walking, she would continue walking because mm-hmm. that's what you need in that environment mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Especially like, in an environment are... where not everybody wants to have a dog there. Right. Yeah. 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 Especially in an environment not everyone wants a dog and not everyone wants a pit bull or a yeah. Rottweiler coming up to them. Yeah, you know that's true. <laughs> One thought I had is I haven't owned working breeds. Yeah. Dobermans are working breeds. And so yeah. I did think, you know, there's dogs that just thrive to work, just love working and need that to be, to enjoy being a dog. That is part of who they are. Mm-hmm. And and so I did think, well, maybe she's providing something that that dog absolutely needs and, and it is totally yeah and it's better than letting it go on a sniffari because it loves that structure and being right with its owner and you know those things so I did have that thought too which is a good thought so, yeah so also our view is very limited everybody's view I'm just saying not like Heather and I but just human <laughs> beings views are very limited 
And we are often, how do I say it? Our scope is limited to what we know. Yeah. And guess what? I haven't owned 200 breeds of dogs. I've owned two. Mm-hmm. I've had experiences with like a dozen different dog, dog breeds, but I mean, a dozen out of, out of however you know, many. Yeah. Yeah. That's really limited. And so I don't think when we, sometimes when we give advice or think through like, or see things and make judgments, we can't always do that because we don't have that experience with that breed or that even within the breeds, there's these specific Mm -hmm. dogs are individuals. So that kind of, see, spiral, I spiral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it is interesting too, because when somebody asks me something, so recently a friend was thinking about adding a puppy and uh, they have a adolescent dog at home and that's a female. And they were talking about, okay, if we add a puppy, boy, girl, blah, blah, blah. And they were asking my opinion and my go-to immediately was, well, I would tend towards a boy And, you know, there's all those myths out there and what's really proven and what's not. I don't know that there's really scientific evidence that, that boys don't get along with boys, girls don't get along, you know, same sex aggression, Mm -hmm. all that. But then within that, there's like the breed side of it as well to be Mm -hmm. added in. But when I answered, I said, I would tend to get a boy because you're also adding a dog into like the same age bracket, you have an adolescent and you're adding a puppy. And I wouldn't want two girls that close together in the same breed, in the same household. And then I preface that with, but I have had bad experiences living that. So I am colored that way. You know, I have lived through bitch aggression that was kill on sight. I can't look at that and mm-hmm. not have that bias in my in my mind and and mm-hmm. even sitting there being aware of the bias i can't yes. undo it it's like right you know it's there yeah it's there so i think that that and like, it's rooted we, in something real really emotional really traumatic yeah. really difficult it's woven into the fabric of who i am it affected my right. family deeply so I think, you know, there's that element also of all our own experiences and we have to, I don't know where I was going with that, but we have to, to keep that in mind when we're looking and we're sort of seeing someone on the street with their dog, you know, not only do we not know what they're doing and why we are colored in our judgments based on our experiences. So I think that's part of it too. Oh, I know. I'm going to bring it all back. And it makes me think about the number one episode that people talk to us about is the shame episode, I feel Mm -hmm. like. And it brings it all back to that whole shame thing. Right. And I, I kind of think that's like when you wrote that to me, I took the tone of you almost had all these feelings and then you're like, I don't want to judge them. You know, it was like this. Yeah. Cause I had all the thoughts and then I was like, Oh, I'm being judgy. Yeah. But you, you don't want to, you've experienced that and you don't want to like put that on anybody else ever. Right. I think it's just, 
everybody's on this, this deeply personal journey with each individual dog. Mm -hmm. And one thing I, I want to go back to a little bit is just even like that first statement of she's using positive reinforcement. And I was so happy for her to be an example to others, but you guys, it's so tough to live your life to be an example to others. Yes. We should all be doing our best. Yes. We should all be, be kind to your dogs, be the best dog owner you can be, but also like, it's okay that if not everybody agrees that you're doing the best job you could, they don't know your journey. It doesn't matter. And so I was conflicted even in that feeling of even you were conflicted about having positive feelings about being positive like I was like oh she's such a good example for positive reinforcement because what do people say like the best way to prove positive shut reinforcement up and show off. yeah show off your well-trained yep. shut dog. up and show off but you know what that's kind of it's a lot of pressure a, that's a lot of pressure not one, not pressure that everyone needs to buy into. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every dog needs to be the example for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. Maybe and not everyone, not. not every dog can or every owner. No, they don't no. even have the spoons to be able to do that. No. Yeah. I mean, this lady was clearly smooth with her transitions. She clearly had some work in. And I have to say, Impressive behavior is impressive, regardless of of how you get there. When a dog is well-trained, it's impressive. Yeah. And whatever tools you use to get there, I mean, clearly not abuse, but a well-trained dog is is a well-trained dog, and that is an impressive thing. And I did, for half a second, I'm going to be really vulnerable here. And for half a second, I did think, she's treating, it's like, meh. I got and that I had impression. To, I had to check that because then I felt super guilty about that too. Because <laughs> you said, I mean, your, I was, brother, your brother was impressed and then you were like, yeah, she's got a pocket full of treats. She's got a pocket full of treats. Well, yeah, he, like she was cheating. I, like she was cheating. And I think part of it is everybody's goal is to have these check-ins from their doc. Generally, I mean, clearly not everybody, but generally people want these check-ins from their dog while they're on walks. And they just want it to occur naturally because your dog just loves you so Uh much. That's not really how it works. I mean, some breeds, yeah, it works. (laughs) But a lot of times it's going to take either an aversive or positive reinforcement to get those Mm check-ins. And you're going to have to choose which one, you know? And so it's not cheating to, to use a tool mm-hmm. to get a check-in. It doesn't naturally always occur. Do you, do you feel like, because I feel like you're, you are on a journey of being very pro balanced training mm-hmm. to rounding the corner to mm-hmm. very pro positive reinforcement, not mm-hmm. anti-prong, but, but right. Yeah. Do you think that it, this is going to be really tough conjecture, but do you think if you had started on the road of positive reinforcement that you would have felt like she was cheating? Had that just instant, that just teeny tiny little thought, like eh, she's cheating. First of all, I checked that thought really quick. 
it, yeah. it was no, no, no. literally I, like I mean, yeah bird flew over it's, my head it's, <laughs> that it's was how quick it was that like one. but yeah but no I don't think I would have had that thought because that is a learning pattern right Mm-hmm. You're cheating if you you have treats, and I've all never positive felt like reinforcement treater che- trainers do is throw cookies. Yeah, yes, it comes from and, that. And I, I 100 never believed that. Like I always believed in, regardless of who I went to for a trainer, I always believed you should give treats. Mm-hmm. Your dog works for you; they well, yeah. should get paid. End of story. <laughs> I I 100 believed that always, but yeah, I I don't think I probably would have had that although I think I still would have seen that the dog was locked into the pocket where the treats were Mm -hmm. I think that's a key part of it because Mm -hmm. because to me so I actually would have had the same thought as you I think because of the pocket thing Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of is the dog actually engaging with you Or is the dog engaging because you have food there? Like, could the dog Mm -hmm. engage with you sans food, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's none of our fucking business. No, no. And who cares? Maybe she's just training her dog. Does it matter? It's nose right there. And and then if that's what she wants, Mm -hmm. then that's a fantastic way to get that Mm -hmm. behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, good on her for Mm -hmm. thinking Money in the bag. Yeah. I want, I want the nose on the pocket when I walk and this is how we're going to teach it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, brilliant girl. Like get yeah. it. I think if we could all, us included, yeah, get our, ourselves to the place of you do you, I do me. So much of the shame would fall away and And I think that the place to get there or to start getting there is for you to have emotion dumps and thought dumps like you did because you had rattled all of these things off. And this is why I wanted to talk about it because it's very honest of you to like share all that and us to sort of work through it. And I think it's important because it's like, well, to reprogram all of that and to sit back and be able to work through it and process it, the next time you see it or see something, you are less likely to be like, well, she's cheating with treats or even that to even cross your mind. It's more like you're reprogramming that whole train of thought and just being like, oh, look at that dog. Wow, they're really tuned in. Or isn't it great to see a dog and and an owner out together? And it's just that simple. There is yeah. no like, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think one way to get there too is genuine curiosity. Yeah. And I was genuinely curious about so many things. And then of mm-hmm. course I didn't go and talk to her. Yeah. There were lots of reasons to not go and talk to her when I'm an awkward human being, but two, <laughs> I was doing other things with the podcast. <laughs> she was, she was doing other things. Yeah. Yeah. I would have talked what? to her. I would have gone yeah. across the street and been like, Excuse Oh my gosh. Me. I even <laughs> thought that if Heather was here, we would be talking to that woman right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, 
I think too, if we're not having those thoughts, then maybe we can also come from a place that other people aren't having those thoughts and we can just be one with our dog and be on our journey and feel more free to, oh, we made a mistake or, oh, that didn't work the way I planned or, oh, I dropped a treat or, oh, this or, and my mechanics were off. I've noticed lately sort of on that, on my Instagram, it seems like I'm seeing a bit more of trainers who are showing the messy. Mm -hmm. And I'm liking that because it's like a 90 second reel of perfect healing. No, no, no. I want to see all the mess that went along with that because I, I can give you a 90 second clip where Tiago is absolute perfection, but there's like 17 minutes of all this messy, not because he's messy, but because I'm messy. (laughs) Right. And and yeah. so I'm I'm liking seeing the the foibles mm-hmm. and the mess ups and the drop treats and the this and the that. And and maybe that goes towards all of us just being able to be like, I'm just out with my dog, what happens, what happens? And yeah, I'm on this this journey with just this dog. Yeah. And I will say, like when I'm out in real life and I see someone training with their dog and maybe everything goes haywire. Like it is clear that things did not work the way they were supposed to. It makes me smile because oftentimes what you see is the owner stop and like reconsider and like try something else or just stop and like play with their dog or love their dog. And that makes me happy to see that you don't have to be perfect. You're just out with your dog and you're just doing the best you can. Yeah. I also think had I come from a different background other than training beyond training, if I came from a show or an obedience or sport background, Mm -hmm. I think my thought process and feelings probably would have been really different Mm. about that dog as well. How so? Um, because for me, okay. (laughs) When Heather and I did rally together, we had a variety of people in our class. Some were very serious. Meanwhile, my dog jumped a fence to get to me and was like a fuzzy potato running across the room. And I just laughed and was like, my dog, is she crazy? Oh, well. She knocked down signs. I thought it was funny. I'm like, well, clearly I messed up. Oh, well. Not everyone in the class. I mean, mm-hmm. they thought that was funny for Lucy to do. Yeah. Um, they did not feel that was funny for their own dog to do. You know what's funny about that? If uh-huh. if Tiago did it, I would have a different feeling than if Tater did it. Mm, yeah. Like my expectation of Tiago is different. That well, I have no expectations for Tater. So there you go. But so funny. <laughs> He's like not a bad dog, guys. He's such a good boy. Uh, No, I do say I'm not a good enough trainer for Tater. Somebody could take that dog and put like obedience and rally titles on him. Like he is capable. It's just not me. But yeah, I I do understand where you're coming from. And I I feel like at this stage in my life, I'm in the middle. Do you think? I, I feel like I'm also in the middle. In a lot of things, and maybe not like shows and stuff. I'm still on the like, yeah, own your pet Lucy and let goosey. it do whatever. It, like, <laughs> yeah, let it do whatever's fun, and then like that way you guys have fun core memories together. Yeah, but I also feel like I mean, even in training, I think I told you what was it like a month or two ago that 
I'm not just positive reinforcement only, and I'm not anti-balance training, but man, I just wish everyone would be nicer to their dogs. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my wish. Everybody just be nice to your dogs. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me like a little. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Their, their lives are so short. That's kind of taking like a turn away from, but not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that woman was being nice to her dog? I do. I don't yeah. think, I think she was, I think she's probably an excellent dog owner. Mm-hmm. She seemed kind and gentle mm-hmm. and her dog was engaged. Her dog was outside. It was in yeah. the fresh air. She's doing so many things right. Like you, probably all the things right. Do you think the doodle owner was being nice to their dog? Yeah. That doodle, doodle was having a grand time. The doodle was doodling. The doodle, the doodle was not even on my radar. It was, it was so well behaved. It was not on my radar. Like, but it, because but it was just being a dog. But it is part of it. Like you saw yeah. two completely different pictures, and both of them, you know, it's, it's, it goes back to like we talk about that relationship and seeing that relationship, and that's, that's for me, that's all I want to see. Yes. I just want to see a dog with an owner where I'm like, look at that relationship. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why I'm middle of the road at this point. Cause mm-hmm. I don't really care how they get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it, it, mm-hmm. if walking Lucy on a prong collar meant that you guys had a beautiful relationship because that gave yeah. her so much more of a life. I am mm-hmm. here for it. If, right. you know, walking tater on a harness because that's what is most comfortable for him and that gives him freedom I am here for it like I just really I really want that relationship um to be evident Mm -hmm. and I I want people to give themselves a break yes yeah I think that's part of what I wanted to I don't want people to feel like they have to be anything the face of yeah. positive reinforcement or the face of anything. Mm-hmm. Like just be able just to enjoy live in the moment with your dog. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're not worried about anything else. And, and if, yeah. if we're, you know, when we're looking at that team, there's no need to judge anything or have any moments mm-hmm. or anything. You can just have the simple thought of look at that beautiful relationship and that that's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but, but my brain works the way it works. Well, I know it does. There's going to be ping pongs in there. I mean, it's gonna be, like, really, if you didn't have ping pongs, like, what would we talk about? <laughs> what would we talk about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> did, did we hit all your notes on all your feelings? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is this going to be our shortest episode ever? Yeah, let's give the people some time back. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe, rate, and share us wherever you get your podcasts. Also, come on over to Instagram and engage with us at Sometimes Their Side Eye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.